0: And um, who's a morning person here? Hands up for the morning people. Becca, put your hands up immediately. Right, I'm just gonna describe my morning before pre-arriving. Becca turned up at my house to collect me. I got a chauffeur today, ladies. It's the way to go mainly because I was tired. And um, I moved house on Monday. I was working away for two days, and so my whole life is in boxes. And uh, this morning, I was basically, I called myself the morning mole, because I walked around my, my room like this. Looking for things, looking for items that would be conference ready. You know, like where are my shoes? Where are my shoes? I can't wear my trainers. Uh, need to look a bit smarter. And then, where is my makeup? And uh, I didn't quite manage to find all the things that I felt like I wanted for today. So I've got no rings on, which I normally am, clothed in rings. So lacking in rings. And then um, got in the car, did my makeup. I did my eyeliner in the car on the move today. Look relatively okay so that's a good win for all and um, (laughs) then and then uh, we had some croissants didn't we in the car has anyone ever eaten a croissant in a car (laughs) i think i'm going to have to pay for a valet or a valet, however we say it um I'm just logging onto my laptop because it's decided to log off, by the way, if you're wondering what that was. And uh, then we sang some songs, and Becca put on disco tunes on a Saturday morning. So we were like raving on the way here, and I realised I don't actually know very well the lyrics to pretty much any disco song. (laughs) So we confidently sang possibly the wrong words all the way here. What was our favourite one? Michael Jackson. Do -do 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 -do. Do you know that one? What are the words? We only know that bit, don't we? Great, we don't know what that was. Anyway, so that was that. It was quite a funny little uh, situation. All these things are coming up on my laptop messages. I hope you're enjoying this. Can you see all this on the screen? <laughs> Skype for Business is not, cannot connect, apparently. So there we go. That's all right. OK, I got it. Let me just start from the beginning, which would be ideal. Ta-da! <laughs> so um, this morning we're going to look and this afternoon we're kind of following on the same, same thing. We've got the banner on the wall with the verse. Woo! Isn't that cool? I love these banners. They're really good. Sometimes banners are a bit tacky, aren't they? Let's be honest. <laughs> these ones are good. Well done, team. <laughs> sorry was that really judgmental (laughs) I sometimes just say what I think are you okay with that ladies (laughs) it's just going to come out out of our hearts our mouths speak don't know so um the thing that I really feel on my heart for this season and I I, it really ties in when Mandy sent me the topic um I was just really excited because I really feel and I don't know whether you feel like this I've I have been a Christian since I was five years old. I can't remember a day where I didn't know Jesus, but I have made some really ridiculous decisions (laughs) given the fact that I know God. I mean, sometimes I look at my life and I think, what was wrong with me? like where was my faith and um that was a bad move now I've got the consequences and then there's other times where I feel like I'm a bit like the Israelites walking around their new land with Joshua you know marching around the walls of Jericho like round and round in circles with my faith and um thinking oh gosh I've been been here before does anyone do you know what I mean been here before looked at this wall a few times and um And actually, there's something about a real, I like to call myself a faithful plodder. You know, there's something about passing things, passing things, but with the expectation that even if we end up past the same place, something could change in the end. And I want to encourage you today, um, ladies, that I believe that, you know, even if we've been round and round in circles, round the houses, with our faith for a long time, you know, there's something that God can do that's a breakthrough moment that changes how we've walked before. And I really think that that's what he wants to do this season. And um, I get around lots of people from all over the world who are listening to God's spirit for our Western church, and they're all saying the same thing over 2019, and it's this, God is going to do a new thing. God is able to do a new thing, God is the God of impossible things, otherwise he wouldn't be titled with God, he'd be titled with mere mortal, and, um, and that gives us a hope and excitement that we can't shake off because we've bought into this faith in this living God, and he is alive, and his word is sharper than a double-edged sword, and so as I speak his words today, I want it, to, and I have an expectation that he's going to do something new in us, Something new in our faith, something new with our hopes, something new in our expectations, something new in the way that we walk around our walls, walk around our lives, walk our faith every day. He wants to do something new. And so I thought I'd introduce us to the concept of this new by reminding us, and I googled it, every good speaker Googles, um, what new could mean. And um, so these are the things that came up with. New is something that we are unaccustomed to. Anyone need something that they're unaccustomed to in their faith walk? Something a bit unaccustomed with God. Oh, God, I knew you were like that, but I forgot you were like that. So, some of us, all of our testimonies, we carry an aspect of what God's like. Some of us carry the saving power of God. And it means, you know, we've all got that, but some of us really know we have been utterly saved. You know, I know people who've come off heroin addiction and they are now completely free and leading others into freedom. That is not my story. I don't have that amazing saving power of God. I can't remember a day without Him, so I forget He saves. Does that make sense? So, God wants to introduce me to the concept. that he is a savior. Some of us know him as a healer. Some of us don't, but that doesn't mean he's not a healer. Is this making sense? And it's like he wants to introduce us to another part of him that we're unaccustomed to today. And from now on, I really believe that. We say, don't we, to people, hey, what's new? We have to quickly think, what is new? And so we're looking for what the new thing is. And I want you to alert yourselves and alert your spirits today, ladies, that God wants to show you something new. And by the end of it, hey, what's new for you today? What did you take a hold of from Jesus Christ that you didn't have before you came? What's changed and what's different? We say, that's a new one on me. And I want us to have that today. I want us to go, oh, that's a new one on me. I've walked with God a long, long time, but that's something new. There's no transcript for new. We have the word of God, but there's no actual transcript for a completely new thing. And God says, you know, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Can you perceive it? It's, It's springing right up before your very eyes, like, look out. But there's no transcript. There's no model and there's no method. There might be principles from his word and ways we can look back and see him at work in other people, but for us today, it's new. (laughs) It might be unfamiliar, which sometimes brings a a slight like, (gasps) edge-of-your-seat moment, doesn't it? But it's going to be new. It's not just going to be a covered-over version of the old. It's not just going to be a slightly upgraded version of the old. It's not even just going to be a refreshed thing, although this whole concept is that we are refreshed it hasn't existed before, it's not going to just be patched up, it's not going to be the same again. (laughs) Does anyone need that? I do. But with God, all things are possible. And if I was to do a kind of survey of the different ways that you've related to God and you've known God to be true in your life, we would patch together the most amazing picture. But We've got it all together, but we haven't got it on our own. And that is the beauty of being a family, isn't it? But we don't look at each other and go, oh, I'm jealous of that, or I wish I had that. We go, that means God is like that, and he could be like that for me. So can we agree to be like that in our posture? Like, let's stop this stupid comparison thing that we sometimes do as women, because we do it. Let's just, like, own ourselves and celebrate who God is to each other. And not believe like God's run out now, because they did it for them, but believe he could do it for me, and he's doing a new thing. So, ready to go? I'm excited. <laughs> and um, <laughs> when we feel like he's doing a new thing, sometimes we're not, we're, quite, we're not there yet. And so I want to introduce us to a really peculiar thing, and there are some peculiar things in the Bible, are there not? And here we have a love triangle <laughs> of uh, two wives, awkward. <laughs> greedy <laughs> I can't even find one husband <laughs> and I'm not up for sharing <laughs> so Alcana has Panina however we say this we'll go for that Panina and Hannah and um, it says in 1 Samuel this is, this is where it's all documented and it's a little hilarious and it's also horrendously awful if we were actually one of these women so whilst we find the like concept of who God wants to be in it let's remember these were real people and it's it could have been us or it might be us we might find ourselves in this Um, but Hannah was given a double portion because he loved her and the Lord had closed her womb because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her so we've got one lady here who's got stuff but no child and then another lady who's got children and is like, yeah, I've got the kids. And that's a horrible thing to deal with, isn't it? When you see that God's put something in someone else that you haven't got in you. It's like, let's be honest, it's horrible and it's disappointing. And then it says here in verse seven, it went on year after year. And some of you ladies, you've watched things in others that you haven't got. And it's gone on for year after year after year. And it's not very nice, is it? It's horrible. And whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept. And she would not eat. So it's caused this awful reaction internally in her. And in her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord weeping bitterly. I wonder what you do with your stuff when you see something in someone else that you haven't got. I wonder where you take it. This is a good lesson, isn't it? To take it to God. And she made a vow to the Lord saying, Lord Almighty, if only you will look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, I'll give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. He was gonna be a hairy man, girls. And as she kept on praying to the Lord, in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And she named him Samuel. And I've added this bit. It means God has heard. God has heard. And then she said, I asked the Lord For him. And I want to say to us today, we may feel like her, (laughs) waiting, saying, If you give me this, God, it'll be yours. Um, But will it? (laughs) I don't know. That's something only we can answer. But the most amazing thing is, God heard her, and she had made this decision that she would give him to God. But she had had this year after year after year. She had been provoked year after year after year. She had cried year after year after year. She had felt alone in her marriage year after year after year. She had had to walk closely with someone who was like, look what I've got and look what you don't, year after year after year. But then God did something different because God had heard. And I want to say to us today, God wants to do something new because he has heard you. He has seen those cries that might have not even got out of your eyes that have been on the inside. And I want to give you my proof, if you like, from the life of Jesus that he can do something different and something new even if year after year after year it has not changed. Even if year after year after year you've walked around in circles and said we're back here again, we're back here again, nothing has changed, we're back here again. Because there can be a moment where the trumpets go off, the walls come down, and everything that you thought you were waiting for can come, but it can sometimes take time, because God can do impossible things that we can't do, and we have to keep on walking in the right direction, in the way that God wants us to, and give these things to God. So this is case study A, if you like, from the life of Jesus Christ, who is involved in all of our lives I'm assuming. If not, I'd love to do an introduction. <laughs> He's pretty good. And it's, it's headed, Jesus turns water into wine. It's great news. <laughs> I, went to, I went on holiday to Portugal. I got such a lovely taste for port. <laughs> Everyone's like, you've got expensive taste, Ellie. I was like, I love it. Only a little bit, though. Otherwise, you can't feel your face and no one needs that kind of behavior. <laughs> so, this is in John chapter 2. And um, Jesus has been, I don't know what the correct term is, he's been a carpenter, he's been carpeting for a very long time. He was known around Nazareth as the, you know, the little kids who grew up. He ran away from home, naughty Jesus, everyone was looking for him. He was like doing his woodcraft, he was forming tables out of trees and making things that people would sit on in their homes. He was a carpenter, he was known as a carpenter. He knew he was something different, kind of a big deal around these parts. but one day everyone would know. But he did his faithful things for 30 years. And then suddenly, he went to a wedding, and he did something different. And on the third day, a wedding took place in Cana, in Galilee, and Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. Have you invited Jesus into your life? into your events, into your stuff. Because that seems important to me that they did. And when the wine was gone, because everyone has an occasion where our resources run out, our energy runs low, we've done our walking and we're knackered and all we want to do is we want to lie down. We have not seen any change, so I'm not going to walk around these walls anymore, thank you very much. I'm not going to pray for that anymore. I am done. I am tired my resources are out. But when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, go Jesus' mother, that's what I say, they have no more wine. Obvious statement. Everyone could see it anyway, but she was like, I just better tell Jesus. And can I encourage you, remember to tell Jesus when you need help. Like we're quite good at telling each other, aren't we? Don't forget to tell Jesus. And then Jesus replies, this is where we are introduced to a whole new Jesus, cheeky Jesus. He says, woman, why would you involve me? (laughs) Add that one to your unaccustomed to list, (laughs) the new Jesus. And he says, my hour has not yet come. And his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. And today, Jesus Christ wants to give us instructions because we have invited him in to the party of our lives. And he wants to tell us things to do. And listen to those things today. Listen to what he's saying. Because he's about to do something new. He's been carpenting for a long time. And he's about to shake it all up and do something new and show people who he really is. And his mum knew. And nearby... Stood six stone water jars. These things would have been huge, huge. They wouldn't have just been able to carry one on their own. And these were the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 80 to 120 litres. That's quite a lot. And Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. And he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. And they did. That's good, isn't it? Remember? Do what Jesus tells you to do. And they did. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He didn't realize where it had come from. But the servants who'd drawn the water knew. Hmm, That's interesting, isn't it? I'd not seen that book before. The servants knew. So he called the bridegroom aside and he said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you've saved the best till now. Good job that the Lego people were there at the time to document the moment. (laughs) Woo, the best wines now. (laughs) The best is sometimes last. And what Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory. It was a sign. And a sign always points to something or someone. And here we're pointing to Jesus, who we previously went carpenter, who we previously would have said, dusty feet ran away from home, naughty Jesus. Born from that teenager. How strange. And here, he's like, introducing water to wine guy. (laughs) Let me remind you, with God, all things are possible. And the Jesus you may have walked with for years and years and years, the Jesus you may have poured your heart out to for years and years and years, the Jesus you've cried with when no one else is watching for years and years and years, he wants to introduce a different Jesus to you today he wants to say I also do this he wants to remind you I can also be this you knew me like this allow me to introduce this side of my character it was always there but those guys saw that first but it doesn't mean I'm not coming to you and then his disciples believed in him and now these guys It says they were already the disciples, but it's clear that they didn't really know who he was. (laughs) And then they were like, oh. And for some of us, we've been friends with God for a long time. But actually, we need to really believe in him again. (laughs) Like, I I used to just, uh, I've just moved out of the house, but I I lived with a lovely girl this last year, and um, she's been a Christian. Well, she says she's had faith all her life, but she describes it as she's only practiced her faith for two years. And I thought that was a lovely way of describing it. Whereas I would have said, oh, you've been a Christian for two years and you didn't know God before. No, she said, I always had faith, but I've only practiced my faith for the last two years. And I think some of us, we've had faith a long time, but God's calling us today. Like, really practice it, really choose to believe in God being who he says he is and look for his signs look for where there are things in the world that are pointing to Jesus Christ and a different version of the Jesus we know because they are there let me remind you of some amazingly encouraging verses and then I'll tell you something that happened to me over Christmas these are truths for us today if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation the old has passed away behold the new has come Paul writes that to the Corinthian church and you know what God's tagging us in and saying and that's for you too today and so does anyone need to feel like they're a new creation that the old is gone and the new has come I do every day I need a new mercy from God it's for us God will give us a new heart and put a new spirit within us. Ezekiel's prophecy. Anyone need a new heart? Anyone's heart a bit tired and sad, feeling a bit weary? That's for you. Anyone feel like their spirit is a bit, I am tired, I am on the ground, I have walked around a lot? This is for you. A new spirit. John in his revelation said the former things have passed away. He who is seated on the throne said behold I am making all things new. Then he said write this down. These words are trustworthy and these words are true. And I'm loving looking out and seeing some of you writing this. When God tells you something don't forget to write it down. Because if you're anything like me, col- colander brain, leaks information. <laughs> I have to write it down. I take my phone everywhere for notes, and then I can just find them at any moment. Although it gets very upsetting when they delete themselves. But um, over uh, Christmas, I realized, I was praying with my friends, and I just had this really strange um, experience. Because we were s- you- at New Year, you always do this thing, don't you, where you're like, ooh, how was the last year? What's going to happen this year? Let's analyze our lives. Let's cry a bit, and then let's put our big girl pants on and carry on with our year <laughs> and um, I just realized I just had this really weird thing I went oh my heart like that and my friend Joe went what's wrong with you and I said I don't know I don't know what's wrong with my heart and I, I, I've never sort of been this I mean I am very analytical but I've never had a thing about my heart before and um and I had had a, a like a relationship breakdown a couple of years ago and um I, f- I felt really sad and really disappointed and then people I knew and loved their marriages went a bit peak Tong and I just said to my friends I said I don't think I believe that verse love never fails anymore I think I I don't believe it <laughs> I don't believe God anymore that I don't believe it for my life I think everything I just don't think it's true and she was like so you're arguing with God interesting I was like okay fine and so I just said to the Lord why Holy Spirit why am I doing this and he said it is your heart you have a hope deferred and it has made your heart sick and so I just said to God please can you show me my heart and um I put my hands out like this I don't know whether you've done the prayer exercise it's called palms up palms down palms up we'll do it in a minute actually and you go palms up and you imagine something in you that God wants to work on and and um, mine was my heart and I said show me my heart then, God and it my dad used to be really anti-smoking and he had this like lung in a jar (laughs) it was black and horrible (laughs) and he was like stop smoking because your lungs are going to look like that and I was like just to be rebellious that was one of my ridiculous decisions I made (laughs) well done me (laughs) Um, anyway it didn't last very long I was a terrible rebel I analyzed way too much at night time I was like I can't do this (laughs) I'm too goody two shoes (laughs) anyway I was like what's my heart like and I saw that sort of lung picture like black and like damaged and I thought oh goodness my heart looks like it's got cancer. it's like black and damn, I don't know what a genuine heart looks like, I'm too grossed out by biology to look at the pictures, but it wasn't um, pink and fleshy and nice, like I would imagine our hearts should look like, and so God was like, are going to give me your heart? I was like, I can't give you my heart, that's how I'm alive, and then I thought, what ridiculous thing to come into your mind, I can't give God my heart, because I think it keeps me alive, wrong, <laughs> of course I need to give God my heart, He's not literally going to take it out and kill me on the spot, you see. So I was like, "Okay, hey god, this is my heart." And I just told him I was like, "Here it is." It's like a bit wounded. And then I just felt like him say, "It's wounded, it's sick, it's hurt, it's disappointed with your friends' marriages." And and then God said, "But it's mine. I love it, and I want you to give it to me and see what I'll do with it." And I love in Isaiah how there's all these amazing concepts in Isaiah 61 about we give this to God and instead he gives us this. We give us our grieving and um, our, uh, he, we give us our mor- he, him our mourning and he puts on us a crown of beauty instead of ashes and a garment of praise instead of despair, instead of a spirit of despair. So I thought, oh yeah, God does like swapping things. <laughs> so I was like, okay, here's my heart. i give it to you. Could you do something with it? Like plummet better or pump a bit of colour back into it. And he was like, no, I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to give you a new heart. And so I went, here's the heart then, and I did, so with my palms, palms down, here's my heart, and I put them, and I imagine putting it into the hands of God underneath. And uh, I love that verse. Do you like that verse? Underneath are the everlasting arms. I was like, here it is. <laughs> and then I was like, don't kill me, I don't want to die. <laughs> I'm still alive, who knew? <laughs> and then I did, palms up. And I was like, what are you going to give me in exchange? And I saw this beautiful, and I know it wasn't biologically factually correct, I saw a heart like you draw a heart, but a a really nice pink one. And it was like soft, and I said um, to God, can you just describe it to me? And he said, yeah, yeah, I love this, this heart, I made this heart, and you've got to put this in. And he was like, it's lovable, it's kind, it's compassionate. And it's healthy, and it's clean, and it's pure. I give you a pure heart and a new heart. And I was sobbing, ladies, absolutely sobbing. And I thought, I did not realize how battered my old little heart had become, and how sad it was, and how hard it had become, and how sick it had become. And I literally feel, all I can say is I feel really different (laughs) since that point. I think I'm a bit nicer as well. I was vile over Christmas. I was jealous of a one-year-old niece. That's how sick my heart was. I was like, what do you mean I can't watch Poirot on the telly because she needs she can't have screens. I was like, <clears throat> and everyone was like, You're very selfish this Christmas. I was like, I am not. Hard heart talking. Anyway, I'm not I feel quite convicted about this now. <laughs> <laughs> and my jealousy of a one-year-old. <laughs> so weird. Anyway, but you see, God does. He takes, he gives us a new heart. And some of you might need a new heart today, but some of you might need a new spirit today. Some of you might need the mind of Christ today, because you need your mind renewing. Some of you might need new hands, because you've served and served, and they're knackered. (laughs) But, you know, we're the body of Jesus, and he is a resurrected saviour. And everything of him can become in us. So let's just kind of remind ourselves how God is just all in for doing these new things how were Bibles and territory taken according to the Bible? How, sorry, battles. How were battles and territory um, won and territory taken? Well, let's just remind ourselves. On one occasion, God blinded the enemy's eyes. On another occasion, God turned the enemy on each other. On another occasion, Esther fasted and the nation was saved. On another occasion, they walked around the walls of Jericho a number of times. In fact, lots and lots of times. um, But each time, God took territory and won a battle for people in a new way. Because he doesn't just repeat, he starts things new. So if you're facing a battle or if you need some territory, I wonder how God will show you he wants to do it. How many times did healing come? One time it was because... A deaf and mute man needed exercising. He had demons. (laughs) Another occasion, it was by a woman's faith. Another occasion, Naaman had to dip into a dirty river seven times. Would you have described that? (laughs) Would you have thought that's the way? Another occasion, it was completely from a distance, Jesus wasn't even there and the captain's servant was healed. Another occasion, an ear was touched and it was regrown, that's when someone chopped it off. Another occasion, it was from the fear of God and his wisdom refreshes the body and heals. So there's no one way. How did provision come from God? One time it came from a fish's mouth. (laughs) One time it was when a little boy bought his packed lunch and it fed 5,000 hungry men, perished the thought. Another occasion, Jesus said, You need to be fishing over there. And then that's how provision came because they were shown the right place to fish. Another occasion in the Bible, it says, Good hard work is how you get provision. So there's no one transcript. But how does God want to do things in this new season for you? It's a completely blank canvas, which is amazingly exciting. You're wondering why I'm showing you a picture of Sky and Cars. When um, I was moving to Bristol, this is about nine months ago, I felt like God say, you need a new car. And I wasn't um, in the, let's say, financial position (laughs) to be getting myself a brand new car. And uh, I did think, oh, yeah, that would be a really great idea, because I had this clapped-out banger of an old Peugeot 206, black in colour, broken seats. People were starting to not want to come with me when I talked. <laughs> it might have been because I had a heavy right foot when I drove, confession of the day, or it might have, thanks God for Becca, for driving today. No one got a speeding fly. <laughs> um, and it might have been the state of my car. I think it was more the state of my car. And um, it used to, like, shake on the way home, and I often end up driving, because I speak often in an evening as well, driving late at night down country roads in the dark, and everyone's saying, you know, you should get a light colour car, because, like, that car's not very good in the dark, and particularly my dad was starting to say that. And um, so I did think, oh, it would be really good to have a light-coloured car, so that I'm visible, and my name means light, and I thought, it's good to have, you know, character integrity running through your life, so I'll have a light car, as well as having a name that means light, and um, and then my, and I'm th- literally thinking about it as I'm driving back from Bristol to Cheltenham, which was where I was still living at the time, and then smoke started to come out of the bonnet, <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> and I'm on the M5, which as you know, when you're on the M5, it's not ideal to look like you're about to cause a fire, and um, I don't know what to do, so I started to pull over to the little... The hard shoulder but i didn't actually get there i got to the slow like halfway between the middle lane and the slow lane and i was like oh and i was literally stopped with bellows of smoke so i thought oh, i'm gonna have to get out of the car i feel like i'm on the telly <sharp inhale> save me now so i stood on the side i was like my car no one hit it fortunately and a lorry came and blocked the road it was very dramatic lady and on the side of the road i was like right that's it i need that new car <laughs> like, that's, this is a sign. And so I was like, God, I want a car. I want a, a white car, a big car to take people with me when I'm speaking. And I want, and then I just found myself going, a Nissan Qashqai <laughs> with comfy seats. I don't want leather because it's slippy and cold. Some of you might like that, but personally, you no. Know. Um, <laughs> I want cameras all around so I don't hit it like I hit the other one. And I want people to want to travel with me because it's comfy. Anyway, so I, and I thought, that sounded a cocky prayer. You know how you're thinking, oh, that was cocky. Well done, me. Quite like asking your receive, knocking at the door. That was one of those. And I'm standing on the side of the road watching my smoking Peugeot. <laughs> <laughs> waiting for the RAC, who took four hours, which wasn't ideal. But there we go. Sorry if you work for the RAC. <laughs> They're a very nice organisation. Um, <laughs> anyway... So I I, I went back and I was like, my dad said, do you think now you should be getting a car? I'll lend you some money if you want. I was like, I think that's quite a lot of money to ask for. And you know, when you borrow from parents, it makes you feel about four years old. (laughs) So I was like, oh, do I have to borrow money again? Why I'm such a needy adult? (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) I (laughs) I thought, okay, God, you've shown me a Nissan. I will... Please, could you pay for what you order if that's you? Please, could you provide for me? And that was literally about as profound as my prayer went. And I didn't particularly hammer the floor with intercession. I didn't pray in tongues every morning for money. And then, over the course of the next two weeks, random people from all around the UK, just friends who I hadn't actually told of my tragic circumstances, rest in peace, Milo, the Peugeot 206, um, didn't tell them what happened. Do you know what the ROC said when they came? They said, you have cooked your car. thank you very much i love baking <laughs> anyway i just started to get these messages from friends saying could you send me your bank details we were just praying for you today god's really prompted us to pray and i was talking at a, a, a women's conference just saying feel free to do this today if you want to someone was sitting there and said oh i feel like god's meant to give you some money that's just a bit of a joke not really um, <laughs> And she came on, and not judging the amount either, because obviously if you want to aim a bit higher than this, this is ideal. She said, I'll give you what's in my pocket, she pulled out (laughs) £4.72. I was like, ideal, won't buy a Nissan, but thank you so much. And then um, I looked in the bank to see what someone had transferred, and it was £250. I was like, that is great news. And I was like, checking that off the large sum that I was possibly going to have to borrow from my father. Anyway, someone else then texted and they transferred £700. Then someone else texted and they said, Oh, we were just together praying for you the other day and we really feel like God wants to give you some money. They transferred over five grand. And honestly, it just kept coming to the point where over the next two weeks, I rang up. Um, a Found a really nice Nissan on the internet. Hadn't seen it, but it was up in Glasgow, and I thought, well, I can't go to Glasgow. It's quite a long way. And um, they said, oh, well, we don't normally do this, but we'll um, send it down to Birmingham. Can you get to Birmingham? And I was like, yeah, because at this time I was still living in Cheltenham. And I was determined that when I moved to Bristol, I was going to have a new white car. And what I was going to do was, I was going to sing The Greatest Showman, This Is Me at full volume, driving down the motorway, not speeding anymore, because I've done my speed awareness course, (laughs) so good, Um, and that's how I was going to enter Bristol in my new season, I was like, new car, new season, new me, go, and um, obviously waiting for the money, anyway, I got them to bring the car down to Bristol, and they said, oh, we won't charge you, we normally would, and we'll put it on a transporter so it doesn't run up the the, um, mileage, I thought, these people are amazing, and I was like, this is the favor of God that those American people talk about. And I was like, favor of God. And, um, and I paid for this car, the whole car, on my Visa debit card <laughs> with money that two weeks ago I did not have. And that is unusual for me <laughs> because these stories normally happen to someone else over there. And it, it doesn't make me think God isn't a provider, but it made me realize, oh, he's also a provider for me. And I've watched that and walked that lots of times and not had that for me. So I, if you're sitting there going, I've never had that, I, I was that person. I'm as shocked as you guys. <laughs> and, um, and I did. I moved to Bristol literally a month later. And, um, and it was around Easter. In fact, it was Easter Monday. And I thought, oh, that is really cool that um, God provided me a new car for a new season. He's obviously doing this new thing. And he cares about these things that I had Brought before him. And, um, and I thought, I'll just look up because I was getting really into the um, Jewish calendar. Has anyone else sort of researched that? It's really fascinating. So, the Hebrew people, in order to track their seasons, they didn't have our months like we have, January, February, March. They had like, they looked at the constellation in the sky and that's how they knew what season they were in. And I thought, well, oh, just have a little look and see what season it is in the Hebrew calendar for the Jews. And it said, this is the month of Nisan. <laughs> Get out of town. And it said, it's the month where um, the Hebrew people moved from their old land to their new land. Now, at this point, I put the greatest showman on early. (laughs) Look out, because here I come. Sorry, oh, sorry. Jay, that wasn't an audition to the worship. (laughs) But I thought, isn't that amazing that God contextualized me, provided for me in that season, and he knew I was moving into the new and he was really determined that I knew that he was involved in it. And in Genesis, this is not horoscopes, by the way. This is different. Genesis says, let, God says, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and for signs and for seasons, for days and for years. And I'm telling you, ladies of refresh, this season is a new season and all things are possible with God. <laughs> Nothing is impossible with God. He wants to introduce to you something you've seen in someone else, for you. (laughs) And I can't tell you which bit that will be, because we don't get to pick it, unfortunately. But I'm passing on provider. (laughs) Catch that. (laughs) And I'm passing on God who speaks. Catch that one. (laughs) Don't compare, but have it for you. Make it as permission, that because God did it for me, he can do it again. And as Hannah had looked in pain, thinking, that lady's got this and I don't. Remember, God had heard, and that's what she birthed in her life. And so I want to just encourage you, get your jar today of your life and take it to the master, like happened in that story, and just watch what God does through you. It's out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. You're not, like, just painted white on the outside, covering up all the black on your inside. God does an inside-out job. And you're going to leave a really good legacy of being together as a girl squad today. (laughs) As a team. I've got my two squad here. But you know what? We need each other. We need to have each other's backs, don't we, and champion each other for what God's doing new. Henry Ford allegedly said about inventing the motor car... And they called it the horseless carriage. If I had asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. But he saw the potential for something new. And so does God. And so should we. I am the Lord. This is a prophecy from Isaiah. Besides me, there is no saviour. Remember not the former things, do not consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? He doesn't just want his new thing in an old thing. He wants new wine in a new wineskin. He wants to do something new. It's possible because nothing is impossible with our Saviour Jesus.